Welcome to episode three of a podcast. Yeah, or it's I the, call it the podcast. It's not the podcast. The podcast. The podcast. The podcast. <laughs> uh, for this episode, we have Bryce Thompson on. He is a Ridgewater student who has graduated and he is still back taking some classes. And we really wanted to kind of pick your brain on what did you like about Ridgewater? Did you like the hands-on part of it? Did you like doing activities? How was it different from what you thought coming in? Uh, really kind of a broad topic here as a student. You're a first student that we've had on um, and I know that you've had um, you know generally a pretty good experience with Ridgewater and I just want you to share some of those stories with some of the instructors um, on what you know what what did you enjoy first of all? Yeah so wait before he says okay. that. Can you tell us just a smidge, because I don't know, you had the the joy of being an instructor for Bryce, right? Um, I th he took classes in photo, but I don't think I ever had. Just Amy two times. Oh, yep. okay. Yep. Oh, okay. But you got to know him. Work study stuff. Yeah, and yep, absolutely. In the photography department. Oh, okay. so absolutely. We, we did work together. I was a student, work study student of his. So. Yeah. Okay. So before he gets into like cool stuff and stuff like that, can yep. you just kind of give us a little rundown of of like where you started and where you are as a yeah. student, like yeah. first year, second year, like what's going on with you? Yeah. Okay. So uh, I'll, give you, I'll give you my little, elevator, little my, my little elevator pitch. Okay. So my name is Bryce Thompson. I am from Buffalo, Minnesota. I graduated Buffalo high school class of 2019. I went straight into Ridgewater at next fall. Fall 2019 was my first year at Ridgewater. Um, for? For egg business okay. and GPS and GIS technology. Can, can you... I mean, I, I'm a farmer's daughter. Yep. GPS, I that's get. That's precision egg. Okay. So that's all the, the, the fancy technology aspect of farming. This in the, like the stuff that you program into your tractor. Correct. Yeah, okay. that's your auto steer. That is your yield monitor, like yield monitor, like tracking. Yep. It's the data that you can export, put it into whatever. Um, it's, it's, I mean, it started in early 2000, but it's like the next big thing yep. in agriculture. Sweet. Um, and it, it goes hand in hand with drones. It goes hand in hand with when you're spraying fields, okay. especially being efficient. Um, it goes hand in hand with yield maps and just auto steer in general. Cool. Um, so that's precision egg. Um, and it's and that's just like a little snippet of what precision <laughs> egg is. It's so broad. Egg agricultural business student that emphasizes in crops, so I didn't do anything with livestock, okay. and precision egg. Okay. So but what got me to come to Ridgewater was I never took a tour. So I'm a very hands-on student, mm -hmm. right? And that's kind of, okay, things are starting to click. Um, I'm a very hands-on student. I was always in the tech at hallway. I was in music. I was in these very physical-like things. I wasn't a gym gym kid, though. I wasn't a sport kid. Okay. Um, but I loved woodworking. I loved met, um, our metals classes. I liked our automotive classes. I liked our egg classes, especially. Mm -hmm. um, I was an FFA. So I got a couple of chances to come to Ridgewater, though, as a high school student. Before ever thinking about attending Ridgewater, sure. um, I attended the fall field day mm -hmm. and the egg program, uh, which the second years put on presentations yep. um, on, on different topics in kind of in their major. Mm -hmm. um, and then, and I don't know if Lindsay had talked about that. Maybe she did. But. No, she didn't go into, um, into the, we took other rabbit trails with yeah. her. Okay. So, yeah. 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 So, anyways, so we have this thing called fall field day. I'm not going to go into it, but it's presentations for the second years. And as a high school student, I attended that, and I really, really enjoyed it, and I, and I liked what I saw from the, from the second-year students and what I saw as far as Ridgewater goes, Ridgewater Egg goes. 
Um, and then I also attended one other event called the Career Fair, mm. the Egg Career yep. Fair. Um, and I really also enjoyed that. And I really liked what Ridgewater had going on. So based upon those two events, never tour because I never took one, um, that's what got me to come to Ridgewater. Wow. So it's those two experiences. Um, that's what got me to come to Ridgewater Egg. Well, I, I find this interesting because those things are uh, driven a lot by faculty. Yeah. You know, they're the ones making decisions to ask students to put together presentations and present mm -hmm. what they know on a certain topic to potential incoming students. Yeah. And that kind of goes, it goes really well with what we've been talking about um, on previous podcasts, which is uh, you know, learning is so much more than just taking a test. Yeah. And now when those students are out there and they are doing the presentation, they become the teachers, yep. right? And yep. we know that when you start presenting as a student or, or a teacher, that you, you learn your information so much more in depth. You, you, you have a better grasp on what you're teaching the second yep. you become a teacher. So right. that's, am I, am I right? Like, no, it switches the role entirely. You learn, you, you all of a sudden, when you have to think ahead too, you have to think, okay, so what if someone asking you a question? Exactly. Yeah. Well, you have to know the topic well enough to be able to re-explain it to someone <laughs> yeah. so that they understand it. Right. So therefore, you do have to know that topic. Yeah. yeah. You can't just like, I mean, it, it's like more than like you guys have said, then more than taking a test, more than testing your knowledge, because now, not only are you testing your knowledge, someone else might be testing your knowledge. And you have to know it well enough. Oh, totally. To be tested twice. Well, so this is kind of getting in. I mean, we're getting we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. I know we're jumping, we're jumping ahead of ourselves. So you so you did your first year yep. when you were egg. Yep. And then your second year. Still egg. So so I started at Ridgewater as an egg business and precision egg student, but I was just planning on doing a diploma route. Okay. Which is, I believe, 72 technical credits. It does not include any generalized right um just a diploma and a certificate um nothing wrong with that at all a lot of kids go that route yep um i always figured you know well after my first year i figured hey i should probably do an associates of arts arts and sciences or aas as we call it um and that will allow me in case i ever need to go on to a four-year sure. not that i plan to right now yep. but, but it, there's that option open. exactly at least the door open so after my first year, I switched it. Still egg business, uh, still egg business, and still precision egg. It's just instead of a diploma or a certificate, it's an associate's degree. Great, an associate's of whatever yep. it is, AAS. So you added in some generalized. So I added in some generalized, and the fall of my second year, um, I had a little extra space in my schedule, so then I took a couple photography classes. So I took I took a couple photography classes in addition to my egg classes because I had a little extra. Might as well fill the schedule, right? Right. Um, <laughs> So that's what I do. Bryce, you're the type that takes like 21 credits a semester though, so. Dude, like average, maybe. Yeah, yeah, so like 23, 20 credits. I mean, that's the way we do it in the egg program. I mean, you look at the egg kids' schedule and it's always packed. Packed, but I guess, I don't know, it's, it's the hands-on aspect too. Right. You can't take a combine home. So might as well take it in while you're at school. So we get a lot of class hours in that way. For sure. You know, we're meeting four or five days a week when we can. For sure. So. So can I can I veer now a little bit? Yeah, veer. So you've talked about these things that you know about yourself. You know that you're tactile. Yeah. Right? Oh, you were in absolutely. the industrial arts area, you were in music, that sort of stuff. I wasn't a gym kid though, but I did these sorts of things. Yeah. So how does that play into like one of the things we think about as teachers is when I'm teaching, mm -hmm. 
how am I hitting these different learning styles? Yeah. Like, how am I teaching to you? Because lots of times I just want to teach to the people just like me. Yeah. So how is it when there's someone like you, where you know your learning style? Let's say you're in a class where a teacher does not teach the way you learn. How do you do it? Yeah, so I mean, I I hate sitting down and doing homework. Yep. Hate doing, I'd rather, I like when I'm sitting down doing homework, I'm thinking in that moment, there's a hundred other things that you're doing right now <laughs> yep. in the garage, yep. right? I'm a, I'm a very mechanical person, I'm a very hands-on person. If I could be doing something with, with my hands, not sitting at a computer, I would be doing that 10 times over, sitting down and doing homework. For sure. Absolutely. Um, and then that makes me a procrastinator, but that, that's beside the point. Um, I love that if these are two separate things. Homework is a sitting down activity with a book or something. Yeah. But homework to you is not going out to the shop working on. Um, it's a trade off. And, and you like the hands on stuff. You don't think of it as homework. Even if it was an egg project you were, where you're working on a combine, oh, it's not homework. Homework yeah. is yeah. this other thing that's a burden. about this cool project down the road. Yes. Right. We're getting yeah. there. I started with the end. That was. <laughs> and now we're getting there. In literature, it's called in media. Oh, nice. Yeah, we start in the middle of things. And then you got to back up and work us through. That's why we're together. <laughs> That's how I like, do tests. I always start at the end and work my way back. There you go. Yeah, I turn that test over. I start questioning my and I look backwards. That's very interesting. Yeah, typically the end of the tests is the most recent stuff you just worked on in class. You know, like chapter one, chapter oh. two, chapter three, chapter four. Boom, start at the end of the test. You start That's fresh in the memory. Just the most recent. Like, it's still fresh. Work your way backwards, try to figure it out. See, we got another test taker that knows how to. Isn't that right? Did I, did I just expose you? <laughs> no, no, no. no. Final test. <laughs> so I like, to, oh man, just, this is all fresh stuff. That's I funny. Have to, I don't give tests because I teach English. Oh, so awesome. we just write papers. Oh yeah, love that. Let's say okay, so you know, right? You know that you like those hands-on things, yes. but you're in that class where it's not hands-on. Yep. So how? What kind of strategies do you use in order to get through the class that doesn't speak to you? Like as a student, these are good things for us to hear because we have to think about the student that doesn't learn like we do. Yeah. How do you, like, if you can think about it, maybe it doesn't, maybe you're like, oh, I don't know, I just do it. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah. I like to just hammer it out, get it done. That's just kind of like, that's it. Uh, hammer it out, get it done, just get it up and over with. But to get through it in the moment, I have to do my best to relate it back to something that applies to me. It has to be applicable. It has to be applicable 100%. You have to so make like, a relationship with it. Exactly. So my English class, for instance, was general. We had to write papers, right? I don't want to sit down. I don't want to write a paper. I'd rather make a video right. talking about something. I'd, yep. rather, I'd rather do a voice recording explaining something. But it's an English class. Yep. It's a, it was literally composition one. You literally have to write. There's no way around it. It's a composition class. So she would give us topics. I don't even remember what they were, what they were at this point. Or she would give us prompts and we had to come up with a topic or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'd always try to relate it back to something else. Sure. Something in agriculture. Almost always I was relating something back to egg because that intrigues me. So if I can keep something that, if I can do something that sparks my interest, then I want to do it. If, but if they were saying, you need to write a paper on this specifically, you need to do this, mm -hmm. and it's a topic that I don't like, or it's something that I'm not going to want to do, struggle. oh, it's going to suck. I, I'm going to struggle to make a page yep. because it's something that I don't want to do. I'm going to be doing three sentences of direct quotes 
with some MLA formatting core of this person and write two sentences on my own opinion on that. And then that's it. Yeah. So you student know, like, choice is really yeah. what drives the, the ability to have yeah. um, some autonomy on the topic or the project or whatever it is. It's just based on autonomy. Yeah. Instead of it being uh, dictated to you and yeah. told with uh, very uh, tight parameters, um, that that's what makes it work for you is the student choice to be able to choose uh, topics and yeah, yeah. That's give me a broader give me a broader <laughs> idea and let me make the specific. Topic. Give you an umbrella. Yeah, give me an umbrella. I got to I got to be under the umbrella. Mm -hmm. so I got to choose how I'm under. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And she, to be honest, Jenna did that really well in her class. And she gave us a lot of freedom to choose and kind of work. Do we have like a shout out? In our areas? Yeah, so, Dude, I just yeah. feel like we'd be like, you like, like, you know, like, and I never met her. It's all online, you know? Oh, really? So like, I listened to a couple of videos of her explaining stuff. Yep. Like, I, I hate reading. I hate reading. Sorry. It's no, okay. but, but like, but like when I'm in a class and like something that applies to me really well, like right now I'm in a, I'm in a, what is it? It's a communications course. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. CMST? Yeah, yeah. CMST. Um, yeah, Intro to Communications, I think is what it is. Yes. Um, and our instructor, he might have an article for it. Like, we have to do a discussion every week. Yep. And he might have an article for us to read. And then, but he also, every time up to now, now granted, we're only a couple of weeks in on the semester, but every week as well, you know, we might have to read one article. But then a couple of the other things we have to do is we have to watch videos. I'm a visual learner. <laughs> I audibly... I so if I can watch a video on something, then I'll do that. Mm -hmm. I don't like to read the textbook because that involves me sitting down and I have to hone in on that. But if he makes a video going over the textbook or going through the textbook or going like through a PowerPoint, that's so interesting. Yeah, that's the way that I learn the best because I can because I, I'm using more than one sense at one time, mm -hmm. right? I'm, I'm using my visual senses. I'm using using my my hearing. Yep. Right. Um, you know, like I'm using a couple senses and that keeps me tapped into that a lot better. It's, we can say it over and over and over again yep. to our colleagues and to ourselves. I have to think about the student. I have to think about the student. But when the student is sitting in front of you saying, this is how I learn. Yeah. It makes me want to do better yeah. in thinking about what the student needs. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean when I say that? Yeah. Does that make sense? It makes me want to come up with more options on teaching. Differentiated learning. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a visual learner, hands on, and I and moreover, visual learning, I'm a hands on learner. Yep. So you like to do actually probably. I need I need to activate my senses. I need to touch. I need to feel. I need to hear. I don't need to smell. <laughs> I don't need to smell like diesel right. to know. But like, but like, if I can, yeah. like, like if I'm in a shop class, I thrive in a shop class because I'm hands on. I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Like every time a door opens, I'm like, what's Um. Okay, so then that piece of it, right? So you had an opportunity to do a really cool project. Yeah, I did. And it makes me really excited because you took two things that you liked and used them together to do this project, which, which in most cases we would have typically had you take a test probably or yeah. do a paper Mm -hmm. right so what did you do instead and how did it work yeah what was the whole project and then kind of how you uh wrapped it up at the end of the semester yeah so if it would have been a normal class it would have been this 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 class would have been a paper it would have been a report so covid allowed you to do this no actually this is how this class is set up 
Oh. COVID did not change this class. A normal class, like by normal standards, it yeah. would have been a paper. This class, yeah, yeah. The way that this class is taught did not change because of COVID. Okay. It did not get readapted or refigured because of COVID. This, okay. this is how this class is set up, which is awesome. So the class is called GIS problem solving. Um, and as you can imagine, it's a precision ed class. Um, and so what GIS problem solving is all based around is our instructor tells us, Kurt Yost, he says, you need to f identify an issue in agriculture. Again, student choice. Student choice. Yep. So you need to identify a problem and find a solution. Plain and simple. Those are the two parameters for the class. Now he has. I love this. So he has, he has a one page thing with five questions. Sure. What is the issue? Yep. How do you propose to solve it? And, right. and it's a couple other questions kind of in line with that. Sort of your guidelines. Yeah. This is, these are the parameters. Yeah. So for the pretty much set some goals. Pretty much it's, you, in a way you can say it's a smart goal plan. Yep. It's, you know, like, okay, I'm going to lay it, lay it out. Now I'm going to do what I just talked about here on this sheet. And then, and then he, he gives you that exact same sheet at the end. How did you actually solve it? Or right. what were your steps? Right. How did you go about all of this entire project? Right. It's the exact same sheet twice. Nothing's changing. Yep. Well, it's, yep. sort of like, he's not sitting there tricking you. Nope. It's, it's not confusing at all. It's, so in a class, I hand What out, were your goals? Right. How did you achieve them? Mm -hmm. So like in my comp class, I hand out a paper and I say, these are the things you have to do in the paper. Mm -hmm. And then once you hand it in the paper, I have you take your own quiz. And the quiz is, did I do the things that were over here? <laughs> right? So you, I mean, if, if you don't get the points, it's because you didn't do what yeah, you, right. you said. Right, right, but it's on you. I'm not going to be like, yes, you did or yes, you didn't. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, did you do those things? Okay, then award yourself the points. Yep. You know, so it's it's it's, it's allowing you to check your work back mm -hmm. against your work. Checks and balances. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So, so GIS problem solving. So what I did for my problem, so my GIS problem, now I'm going to have to explain this a little bit. That's so. Okay. So I, sh I should explain first. So GIS problem solving, we had to use our GPS software that we use in our class, it's called SMS. We had to use SMS to solve that problem. My topic was for GIS problem solving was how does a seed salesperson go about selecting the right seed, but how can we use GPS to assist in that, right? So like I interned for a Pioneer dealer back in Buffalo. And I'm sure I'm sure they have their processes down tight. But for somebody who's not used to picking a seed, who's never done it before, mm -hmm. it could look like a daunting task to someone that has no clue, right? It could be the young kid that's going to someday take over the farm. How the heck does he go about seed? Do you just do the same thing you've done every other year? Yeah. Does that work? Right. I mean, does that work or not? It might work for some people. But it might not be efficient. It may not be getting your, it your might maximum not be the yield. the best way, mm -hmm. right? And that's a problem. Yeah. So how are we going to solve that? So pretty much my solutions were, if we were able to develop a software where you were able to upload your yield maps, upload, upload your soil data, upload your, your um, soil tests, so you know that you know your fertilizers of a specific year, you know your return, you know when you plant soybeans, you know your nitrogen returns, um, you know previous yields, uh, you, know that, you know previous yields, you know your previous yield moistures, Okay, is this field always wet? Is this field always dry? So you you can then take those variables from your from your from your fields, yep. put it into the software, and it's gonna say, okay, well, this field you need something that has better grain drying done because it's always wet. 
or this field, you need something that has better standability because guess what? It's always falling over because we live in Western Minnesota, West Central Minnesota, and gosh dang it gets windy out here. Yeah. So it can take those variables. Now I did this in a different way because I don't have the ability to develop a software. What I did was I took a Pioneer catalog and I took everything from an 89-day variety corn. I did just specifically corn. I did 89-day maturity, CRM, crop relative maturity. That's kind of what they call it. Your, your 89-day corn, it's your CRM. Everything up to an 111-day. I put it all on the spreadsheet. I have everything from an 89 to 111-day corn. Now you can take your GPS data that you already have. You can say, you can look at it and you can be like, oh, well, I need something... So, okay, here's my, here's my growing year. I need something that's between a 98 and 100 day, or let's say a 96 and 101 day corn. So now I can go into my spreadsheet because it's on Excel and I can go in the CRM category and I can sort out. Yep. And I, or I can filter everything from 96 to 111 or 101, whatever I just said, and continue to filter. So now say you're looking at a specific field and you're like, man, this field is always wet. Or, or you can say, you know, I don't want to spend a whole lot on my drying costs this year. So now you're going to pick something that has better grain dry down. So um, in the Pioneer catalog, everything ranges from 1 to 10. So maybe you are going to pick a 10 through a 7 or 10 through a 6. But something that has a little better grain dry down. Mm -hmm. Now that list continues to get shorter. Sure. You could do the same thing for standability. You could be like, man, this one field is in a super flat area. It always seems to have wind damage. You can filter again, pick those, you can continue to pick those variables, but three, four, five things that are most important to you and filter those things out. Right. And that's what that software could do if Absolutely. you developed it. And that was my solution. So, and so, I mean, and ultimately with this data, there are several things that you can do with it. You can write a paper, right? You can write out a 10 page paper saying, here's what you do under these circumstances yeah. here in this farm. This was what I would recommend. Um, but, uh, you could do, but you guys didn't, you guys didn't really, you, you said you wrote like a one page summary at yeah. the end, but really how did you present your, your project instead of, sure. instead of writing Kurt and, and putting out a, a paper um, or taking a, a test on this kind of stuff, how, um, what did you do? It's kind of a multimedia solution to so this. So Kurt asks us to make a binder. That's all he really asks. He's like, I want you to make a binder. I want it to have a cover page. All right. Plain and simple. And he's like, I want it to have these few things, right? He wants us. He wants us to include the maps that we created or used for our project, mm -hmm. right? Because we use SMS for this. This is yep. a GPS GIS class. Yep. Makes sense. So he wants us to print off all of our maps that we used yep. in our GIS software and put that in the binder. And then he wants us. So we have that our little one page report. So he wants us to include those maps and include any solutions that we had. For me, I had a, I had some maps that I put in there. Um, and I put in my spreadsheet, the entire spreadsheet, which was like 10 pages long. But so like he wants us to make a binder and that's our solution, right? Yeah. Or a beginning to a solution. Yeah. Um, I took that a little bit stuff further though, because I didn't have as much GPS data as some of the other students did. Um, so I wanted to kind of fill a gap um, because because I didn't have all that GPS data there. I really didn't explain the full solution mm -hmm. because of that. So what I did is I then did a slideshow explaining my project. That way, if anyone had questions, it's kind of all right there. It kind of explains itself. Right. Um, and 
And if we were more in person or if we would have had the opportunity to show our binders, I could have pulled up the slideshow and explained everything that I just explained. Absolutely. To you, essentially. And then, and then especially because we weren't in person, then I talked to Wade because he's a work study advisor of mine. He's a teacher of mine. Um, I reached out to Wade and I'm like, Hey, I want to make a video explaining my project uh, because you know, I didn't get to present a presentation. I didn't get to explain my binder, but I really want people to understand what I'm talking about. Now, yeah. these other students had some really nice binders with some hard data yep. and all their stuff, but I didn't necessarily have all You supplemented stuff. what you had. Exactly. I supplemented the lack of GPS data yep. with a presentation in my video. Huh. So I was able to... I love this adaptation. Yeah, to, um, I, was able, I was able to make up for kind of what I lacked in a way. Mm -hmm. I had a lack of data, but I was able to... But it wasn't that you didn't know this stuff. Yeah, exactly. You just didn't have the I just, paper I just didn't have data. that to so correlate with this. Over here, you got to explain what all of this was. Exactly, exactly. Oh my God. Yeah, fantastic. So uh, in the end, were, did you ever get to look at any other students' um, projects? Did other students solve uh, the problem differently or did everybody just turn in a binder and then it was done? Or did you hear students' student stories of other students doing presentations or videos or um, yeah. uh, did anybody actually build any apps? Like you could simulate it on Photoshop and do like what it would look like uh, or is that too far? Well. I don't think we're that super techie. Okay. We're not, I, I certainly don't know much about Photoshop. To yeah. Be kind of honest, but I know a heck of a lot about Lightroom. Yep. Right? Yep. I can't, I, I can't do Photoshop. Right? Yeah. And I don't think a lot of the other students can either. Yeah. Um, video editing, I had to come to you for that. I yeah. don't think I could have edited a video like we did. But I think, I think you know? what you're getting but, at is did other students take the opportunity? So we call it differentiated learning. Okay. Yeah. Where instead of, maybe writing the paper, you do something else that gets you to X, right? The, mm -hmm. the goals for the class or the goals for the assignment are this, mm -hmm. right? So you got here, mm -hmm. you did it differently. Yeah. So I think the question is, is were there other students that did it differently? I would, yeah, I would say there's, you know, um, you know, we all, we all, we all had our different, our different issues that we were trying to right. solve. You know, we, I had one friend that was trying to figure out, you know, variable rate fertilizer. <laughs> And you know, in my I should say my project didn't start with what it ended with. Exactly. I originally wanted to do variable rate, variable hybrid planting prescriptions. So you realize which is like too much. Boom. Too much. It's like I mean it's the technology is coming out. Mm -hmm. I don't know how the heck you do that. See, but part of this is is allowing students to change their scope. Sometimes we are too rigid. We're, and we're too broad and we're too rigid, but we, and we don't let students kind of adapt in that moment. I'll, real quick, when I started and doing my grad school stuff, I had a focus on student retention and I met with the teacher via Zoom and she almost laughed at me in a good way. And she said, wait, 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 refocus, pick a topic or two. That is it on retention. You can't solve retention right. in one class period. Yeah. It's too broad. It's too much. There's thousands of variables in there refocus and regroup and I so appreciate that kind of feedback because it allowed me to to navigate um, the same problem but do it with less variables so Kurt allowing you to, to, to say okay wait a second 
I'm in this lane and I want to go over here now, mm -hmm. right? And so he's letting you yeah. choose. I mean, choose your own adventure he, so long as you're getting Yeah, right, right. Exactly. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Choose your he was, adventure. And he was super flexible. He was willing to work with you whenever, wherever. Um, you know, so we had, we had, I mean, one student, Kirk doesn't even know how he did it. This kid just figured out the SMS software and he fabricated his own yield data. And Kurt's like, and, and he's like, it's, and, and the guy's like, the student that did it, he's like, yeah, this is pretty close to our farm. They don't have a yield monitor in their combine at home. It's an old, you know, they're running old school, yep. Yep. old international, IH, you know, case equipment without the yield monitors. He, this friend of mine just put a easy steer system an auto steer system, a light bar actually, it doesn't even steer for him. It's just oh, sure. AB tracking. It's just parallel tracking. And he's super excited about it. So, you know, there's, there's fun. And this was, that was his problem that he well, was solving well, or? No, he was, he was solving something else. Like this student, like there's students out there with, with the new, new, new technology. And this student was able to take old school equipment. Oh, sure. Kind of know what his deal is and yep. make his own data. Yep. Like that was something that he went above and beyond that that student then had to essentially explain to the uh, teacher how the heck he even did absolutely. that. So again, it comes down to the fact that, that there is differentiated learning going on in technical programs. There's differentiated learning going on in liberal arts programs. We are more alike than we are different. Probably. Again, come yeah. back to that. And, yep. and, and I don't know if this is in all areas, but like our teachers are not, I mean, in, in the egg program, I see a, a lot that our teachers learn from us as, I mean, we learn a lot from them, but like, like they even learn from great. us. When it comes to like drone technology, you know, we're, we're picking up this drone stuff quick. You know, we just got a new spray drone in the egg program. It's well, amazing, yeah. you know, and, and we were learning all together. Kurt had no idea. We had no idea. We had a meeting with the company yep. and we were picking up things faster, if not the same pace as Kurt. Yeah. This is, a, and it's part of it is being vulnerable as a teacher and yeah. not acting like you know everything. Yeah. And, and because being we're able to make a mistake and saying, oh, we the, let's do that, uh, that again, or let's yeah. try this. Yeah. Again. Let's I learn it know. together. I don't know. Let's learn it together. Yeah. There's. That's, I mean, that's, you're a very observant student, Bryce, to, to pick up on this stuff because um, you're gonna you're gonna go places. You already have, you. but yeah, yeah. And and I really do appreciate the vulnerability of some of the staff members. You know, Kurt yep. saying, "Yeah, I don't, I don't know," but he's gonna find out. Yep. It makes does it make you trust them more? Oh, absolutely. And and you know, mm. like in even like with internships and stuff. Yeah, it makes it makes me trust them 100. percent And even with our internships. Yeah, I, I think Lindsay said it. I know Nate Lundgren has said it. Like they say, you will learn a lot, if not more, than what you've learned in this classroom during your internships. Because it's yep. going to build and grow. Because you're taking it and really actually applying yep. it. You're not just learning it from a textbook. Although we need to have one in a grounding class. We need to have a soil class. Yep. We need to learn the, the fundamentals, and then we then when we apply them, that's when you really really learn what just happened in that class. I liken it to like, you know, you no one walks onto a basketball court and is LeBron James. Mm -hmm. No one sits down at a piano for, maybe some people do, right? But nobody sits down, like I play piano and I started when I was very young, but nobody sits down at the piano and plays very, very difficult music when they're three or four. Mm -hmm. First, you have to have the foundations. You right. have to understand, how do I dribble a ball? Mm -hmm. How do I do a scale? Yeah. And then with time and practice and application, 
you grow and you master. Well, and, and that's, that's what, what it allows that you that internship to lets you get it's closer the to that. Piece. <laughs> and I and I would totally my my personal experience through I, I really liked undergrad. Um, Masters was where you got to really play with it. Well, but even right before that was doing an internship. So I oh, did a yeah. six-month internship at a design and advertising agency, and I learned more than I did in five years of undergrad. And in grad school was the same way. That really, I was able to spread my wings. But my point being that I tell the students that do the photo stuff also is yeah. that you may have liked this or you may not have liked this classroom, but... You're gonna you're gonna learn a lot from your internship. <laughs> yeah. There's and they and do, that's, they come back like so much more skilled. But it feels weird saying that as a teacher because in yeah, a way well, you're because you're gonna learn way more out there. You're gonna you're putting yourself down in a way. So I I didn't say it the first few years. I'm like, no, you learn everything you want in the classroom. But I think it, you can see it as putting yourself down. But I also think that what you're doing is you have you trust that they know what they know. Yeah, you've done your part. It's like when you, you're not there yet, I'm getting close to that point of saying to my child, now go. Yeah, right. Right? I've, I've done all the things I can do to get you to this place where now you're gonna have to step out on your own. Yeah. Right? Because you're gonna have to do that one day. I know. And it's terrifying. I'm not thinking about it. No, it's terrifying. <laughs> it's terrifying. But that's what the internship is, right? Yeah. I, as an instructor, say, you know what you need to know now. Now do go it. play in it. And have, do it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, can I just say, Bryce, that this was, super fun talking to you yeah and you have just <laughs> you have single-handedly solidified all the things we've talked about up until this point today you you, you confirm <laughs> you confirmed um yeah quite Many a bit for us we've had yeah 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 and that's super affirmed. fun affirmed. Yeah. yeah yeah both yeah thank you for coming in yeah you're, you're welcome and we'd yeah. like to see where you go you can come back and visit us anytime yeah yeah invite me back on i'll, I'll be back I'll update you. Podcast 18, where is Bryce? Yeah, where is yes, Bryce? Yes, where is Bryce now? Like, yeah. where was Waldo? <laughs> <laughs>